Welcome back, everybody, to Season 2, Episode 1 of Those Damn Sports. We'll call this one the Holiday Sports Extravaganza. As always, returning from last term, I'm your host, Ben Rubino. Ryan Harlan. I'm Jose Los Santos. And we're so happy to be back after the little, uh, about three or so week winter break that we had. Woo! Um, I mean, speaking of that break, um, Andres, I know you went back to California. I just I went did. back to the Portland area. Ryan, you stayed down here in Corvallis, right? Yeah, I um, did. Let's just kind of, I want to hear how you guys' breaks were, you know? We were away, for, away from each other for so long. Mine was pretty good. Uh, I helped unpack a lot of boxes uh, for my parents' move here to Corvallis. Oh, so I am, yeah, I'm officially here now. Welcome. Welcome. Way to go. Officially here in Corvallis now. So Like you live here now. Yeah, I live here now. <laughs> Way to go. That's Like once you graduate, you're yeah. not going anywhere, buddy. <laughs> That's a very strange feeling. That sounds strange. Yeah, Ben, you said it. I went back home, and then, uh, yeah, we like, spent time with the family, you know, spent Christmas there. I got Uggs for Christmas. Is that your favorite Christmas gift? Oh, on yeah, dude, I got a, I got a <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. I have these black Uggs, and they're so, like, comfortable. I'm not wearing them today because it was raining, but well, yeah, you gotta they, were the so, Uggs. they were so comfortable, and I love those things so much. Uh, ben, how was your break? It was good. You know, I, I really didn't do much. Um, other than I was just at home, relaxing, doing my stuff. A uh, little bit of work here and there, but really just hanging out with my puppy, hanging out with my older dog at the time, um, seeing some family. It's always good to do. I don't do it enough. Yeah. Always so good. coming back to Corvallis, it's much needed. Um, it's feeling like I'm back in the swing of things again, or at least trying to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, it is week one right now, so it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely hard to get back in the groove of things for sure. Uh, let's go. We have, I mean, since our last episode, they have a lot... A lot of stuff has happened. A lot, a lot, yeah. stuff, a lot has real. happened, literally. I don't even know where. Do you want me to? Do you want me Yo, to? Yo, Ryan, you, you make the outline, so yeah. I you have to start. Well, this I wanted to kind of say I feel like it would be uh, disingenuous for us not to say something. You know, rest in peace to the legend uh, John Madden and Demarius Thomas, who passed mm-hmm. away over the break. Uh, you know, great, great football people on and off the field, and just wanted to say a moment. You know. Yeah, yeah, because I know from our generation, we know Madden because of the video games. Generations before us know of him during his broadcast time and as a coach. So I yes. want to take a little moment to, you know, say something. At I least. was never really aware of uh, John Madden's legacy until I just watched. There's this mad documentary called All Madden on like ESPN+. Oh, Plus. yeah. It's, yeah. So it's just like an hour 50 or so, but I watched it with my buddies and... I came to learn just how John Madden, he was he was just way more than football. Um, he he was, said he started as a he coach. Was a but a good broadcaster, too. No, he was a, he was a really good broadcaster. And through that, um, he started with CBS, and then he went to Fox. But, I mean, everyone knew John Madden. A yeah. game with John Madden was mm-hmm. huge. Randy Moss was scoring touchdowns on the field, three touchdowns, three catches. All he wanted to do was talk to John Madden in the booth, get some Thanksgiving as I learned, a, a turducken. Turducken. Yeah. Yeah. Turducken. 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 Yeah, I didn't know what that was until I watched that documentary. But it's saddening. Him and Betty White seemed like back-to-back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's um, right. Betty White. And actually, my family and I were just talking about John Madden during our Christmas dinner. The question came up was, is he still alive? They're like, what's he doing? Because we hadn't heard about him in so long. And then just days after. So I agree. It's really, really disheartening and would be ingenuous of us if we didn't say anything about it, Ryan. Yeah. So rest in peace to two great legends. Three yeah. great legends, including Betty White. Yes, that's right. Can't forget about her. Um, college football stuff, because a lot of stuff happened. So uh, much stuff happened. Yeah. So, this is just across the vast 
like college realm. This and is it's not, not just even Oregon it's not State. even a representation of everything. There's still more stuff that's happened mm-hmm. that we can't cover during our during our show here. Uh, Mario Cristobal and the mustache strength coach Aaron Feld, uh, might as well call him the mustache strength coach now. Uh, left for the U. Uh, that's Mario, Miami, that's Miami. For those yeah, Miami. Uh, Mario Cristobal got an eighty million dollar deal uh, to go to Miami. Was it that much? Yes, I didn't it know it was 80 that much. Million. 80 million, yeah. Uh, it's a lot so, more than Coach Smith. Yeah, so yeah. UO needs a new coach. They have a new coach, uh, Dan Lanning. He's still the current defensive coordinator for Georgia. He is coaching in the national championship uh, right now. Uh, not right now. He's still, no, he's yeah. not there with the team. They play next week. Yeah, or next week. Yeah, yeah. so they're, they're going to – so he's still D.C. there. So he's really? still yeah, on the he's, field? Yeah. Yeah, he's still D.C. Yeah. So uh, he's they, still they, building they his coaching staff. During the uh, Georgia-Michigan game, they showed him, and then like there was a bullet point that said, hired as Oregon head coach. And props to him for ending the season the correct way then. Oh, I like yeah, Unlike Mario Cristobal. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you for that. Even you could say the same case about Oklahoma. So uh, there's a new QB for him as well, since Anthony Brown is not going to be there next year. It is Bo Nix who tr- who transferred to Eugene after being at Auburn. Um, my guess is he's the veteran presence in the room in the quarterback room because they just quote, lost unquote. they lost another quarterback uh, to the transfer portal, Robbie Ashford. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, damn. So he either might be you know might be the veteran presence or he might be you know the starter in case um, in case Ty Thompson isn't prepared to prepared to start which the i want to say the funny thing i find is that a lot of duck fans were complaining about getting another transfer qb because of their feelings towards anthony brown and they got another transfer qb who's arguably worse than anthony oh, brown yeah. <laughs> so the harsh truth it's arguable that the oregon duck franchise is going downhill you heard that here from me <laughs> I do not like the Ducks. Ben, we've established this before, Ben. But we, we are a pro Oregon State yeah, podcast. Yeah, we are a pro Oregon State podcast. Next year will be better than I'm just wait. You yeah, know so also be better next year? Yeah. I think Utah, because Utah actually throttled the Ducks in uh, this year's Pac 12 championship game. Not just that game. I've loved watching Utah all season. They were really we beat them. They were yeah. really good. Yeah. <laughs> how did? But we were down 14. I don't know. I don't know. We were down 14 0. But anyway, what's crazy is BYU is undefeated against Pac 12 teams this year. So technically, they should get a share of that championship. But that doesn't count. They got beat by the University of Alabama Birmingham during their bowl game. So technically, technically UAB are Pac-12 champions, champions, Mountain West champions, and Independence Conference champions. Wait, so this also means because no Pac-12 team won a bowl game. No, yeah, 0-5. So the conference gets no money, right? Nope. 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 I was I was for Utah so heavy oh, in that so last game. I was back in the pack. Back in the pack. Oh yeah. I was a Utah fan for that day. You know, no, threw, that was threw up my U. You're watching the game. I was. That, that was, was the most. Long. That was a shootout. That was. That yeah. was a thriller, <laughs> man. That was a thriller. I don't know what the finals. I want to say it was like 40, 40, 40 48 to 45. 45. 48 to 45. The gunslinging just. Whoops. The, yeah. the probably the highlight of it was Jackson Smith and Jigba. 347 oh receiving yards. I became a Jackson Smith and Jigba fan that moment, like the first <laughs> catch. He could have had four touchdowns if he. He was caught the ball. He 
still got the yardage for the total, but he was going up and just had the ball punched out right on the one yard line. No, if it wasn't that, one, that catch was so crazy, dude. I can't, that catch was so crazy. But every time he caught the ball, me and my friends just go, Njigba! <laughs> Njigba! But speaking of um, Pac-12 teams going 0-5 oh, in and a bowl games, uh, Oregon actually got beat by Oklahoma 47-32, to and they were down tremendously in the first half. <laughs> Uh, 30 to 3. It was so obviously, beautiful. Yeah, obviously, if you're an Oregon State fan, you love that. But if you're an Oregon fan, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ducks came back. But all fairness, former Big 12, they don't play a lot of defense. But SEC teams do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then we learned that Ryan has a lot of Anthony Brown memes in his camera roll. Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> we have, so for, for, for context, we have a group chat. Ryan, Ben, and I, we have a group chat called Those Damn Sports, obviously. To which we just talk about podcast stuff, guests coming on, all the above. To which Ryan sent about like twelve memes that game that day, and Ben was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> I was I was I was ready to talk a lot of smack after afterwards. Trust me, I was I was really ready to do that. <laughs> yeah, in all fairness, I wasn't even watching that Oregon game. I, I no, could have cared less if they won or lost, but I was thankfully they lost. Um, but keep in happened? mind, Bob Stoops, who had not been in uh, coaching oh, gig yeah. in over like a few years. With like what week a few weeks of preparation beat an Oregon team. I mean, I know they're losing lost like a bunch of players like and that, all that, yeah. but still, that's impressive for Coach Soups. I'm, I'm just gonna say that's that's impressive. I I wouldn't been able to do that. Who was the quarterback playing for the Sooners? Oh, yeah, in the Sooners. No, Caleb, Caleb Williams. Williams. Okay. Who is in the transfer portal? No, yeah, he he's in it because he wants to talk to other colleges. Yeah, yeah. but he he noted that he was still keeping Oklahoma as an option. I think yes. that's the lesson some of the blowback if he does go somewhere else mm-hmm. potentially, but I don't know. I'm assuming oh. I don't know. I don't know Caleb Williams, so we'll see. We'll, we will see. But speaking of transfers, uh yep. USC's quarterback Keaton Slovis transferred to Pitt. Now, Jackson Dart is the presumed starter for Lincoln Riley next year uh, if, you know, Caleb Williams doesn't decide to go to USC. But, like okay. I said, I, I, already, I already he I might know. be the front of UCLA. Oh, yeah, that's right. After losing Dylan losing, Gabriel. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cal quarterback Chase Garbers and Wazoo's running back Max Borgie are headed to the draft. Um, so that's Mikhail Wright. Mikhail Wright. And Devon Williams. Yep. The- for Oregon, they pay for the draft too. Verone McKinley is also gone next year, going to the draft, and then Kayvon Thibodeau. Also, no one really. Yeah, we're not we we all by that. we aren't surprised by that. Uh, OSU Beavers that are moving on next year. Avery Roberts, the NFL, much deserving. Didn't play obviously because of ankle injury. He didn't play in the bowl. Yeah, he didn't play yeah. in the bowl game. Yeah, still led the Pac-12 in tackles though. Yeah, That's impressive. Tegan Quintoriano is going to the NFL next year. Andre Hughes-Murray to the NFL per his Instagram story. Uh, Trevon Bradford is also potentially going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he dropped like, sub- like a subliminal message yeah. on Twitter. I haven't seen anything official yet, but if I see something else, we'll, we'll, uh, he's probably going to go to the NFL next year. And B.J. Baylor. Surprising to me that Jaden Grant did not declare for the draft. He's coming, he, he's coming back. He's coming back, and that's we can talk about that later. But yeah, he announced that he'd be coming back oh, for his final year Bailey. of eligibility. Speaking of BJ Bailey, he declared for the draft, right? And we retweeted that. Yeah. About him, and he liked our tweet. So shout out BJ Bailey for liking our tweet about him. That was pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, so Sam Neuer and Keontae Shad, they're gone next season too. Uh, Sam or Sammy Vidlak, he entered the transfer portal. He was a freshman quarterback. Uh, he he realized. 
He probably wasn't getting playing time, so he transferred out. And uh, Skelton is grad transferring next year, but Jaden Grant is back for another year. Yes, that mm -hmm. is awesome. That is awesome. Glad to have him back for another year. Mm -hmm. To have that veteran leadership on, in the secondary. That's what the, the defense needs, though, to have someone who's been there now for six years. Yeah, for a little while. Well, it's like it's a job's not finished type of thing. Waited all this time to finally make a bowl game in what could have been his last season, and now he's choosing to come back. It's almost reassuring that the Beavers are still going to get to where they were this season, if not better. Mm-hmm. That totally. is right. Some other college football news. Bailey Zapp, Western Kentucky's quarterback, all-time passing touchdown leader in a season, uh, 61 touchdowns, beat Joe Burrow's record in one less game, and also setting a record for most yards in a single season with 5,977. Personally, should have been allowed to throw for 6,000 yards, but that's just me. Should have been in the Heisman conversation, too. Speaking of Heisman, Kenny Heisman got robbed. Oh, uh, yeah, he did. Definitely <laughs> got robbed. Kenny, but, Kenny Pickett was robbed, I swear. The the fake slide. That was, that was hey, he changed the game. He changed did, the game. He if you are banned. unaware uh, of what happened, I'll give you a little context of the rule. A quarterback can scramble from the line of scrimmage and run out uh, basically into the field and slide so a defender can't tackle him. And through this, I mean, de uh, the defenders normally take it pretty seriously. Quarterback well, looks like he's going to gonna slide. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to hit him. So Kenny Pickett, he's scrambling. He's on a big run. I can't believe I don't even have the balance to do it. I don't know I how just he did somehow it. was running and looked like he was going down to slide and then popped right back up. The defense was shook from it and let him got run the, in for got a 40-yard like touchdown. That's right. But a week later, the rule was changed. You cannot fake slide. You cannot try Not, and trick the defense. Because it is way. dangerous for the quarterback and for defenders. Yeah. I mean, I was a, at first I thought it was really cool. No, it, it, is, oh, no, cool, it yeah. is cool. <laughs> it but is then, cool. then like, moments after it, I was like, well, if I was the defense, like, like I would hate this. I would be like, what <laughs> yeah, do you mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm already taught to not hit the guy if he's about to slide. And you'll, now get he's... Hit for, you'll get dinged for targeting now this? No, with anything, it could only have more targetings happen if a defender has to always hit the dude. But yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool nonetheless. So Bryce Young won the Heisman. Congrats. Uh, Montana State, it, which... We will we will get into that with the schedule um, later on, but they advanced to play in the FCS finals against North Dakota State University. Yes, so their true. first appearance since 1984 did it with a true freshman quarterback, Tommy Malone. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, former Ohio State coach Urban Meyer got fired from Jacksonville. Uh, apparently, <laughs> like I saw jokingly, jokingly, uh, his name came up in the UO coaching search, but I guess. Did it really? Yeah, it did. Oh my gosh. He so, has more national championships than NFL wins. Yeah. Let that sink in. That's in, Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Just I couldn't think, grind it out in Jacksonville. It was time that he was just. I think that, that the allegation of him kicking the kicker was yep. the, the final straw. Yeah. Uh, Jake Dickert uh, was named the new head coach for Washington State after they fired uh, uh, Nick Rolovich. He was the interim coach and got promoted. Kalen DeBoer is the new coach at University of Washington, so both Washington schools made coaching changes. Yeah, He was the former head coach at Fresno State. Uh, they have a transfer quarterback coming in, Michael Penix Jr., uh, former quarterback at Indiana, Transfer to Washington. He's familiar with DeBoer when DeBoer was the OC at Indiana. Jeff Tedford is the new coach at Fresno State, 2022 non-conference opponent. Former University of Washington quarterback Jake Hayner 
actually plays for Fresno State. He put his name in the transfer portal after the DeBoer news. A lot of the thought was he'd follow DeBoer up to Washington. Oh, damn. But ended up staying. Apparently, a lot of Fresno State fans put uh, up trader signs across campus, oh. which was really awkward after he announced he would be staying. At least he didn't pull a Lincoln Riley, though, I will say. Yeah, at least you don't get your school into the SEC and then dip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was probably just, like, interesting. So, Isabel. Yeah, and finally... Well, let's get to recapping sports that happened during, you know, the break slash okay, yeah. so finals that, week. That was a lot that happened. But before a lot, we that on, was general. That was a like general. in the college man. realm. But before, Very, before not, we move on, Michael Penix Jr. to Washington. Now, I did not expect that. Who? Michael Penix Jr. He's a former quarterback at Indiana. Indiana. Oh, really? He had a really yeah. good 2020 season. He did, yeah. But didn't really do a whole lot or with his 2021 season. So he's looking probably to, like you know. Pro- like a fresh start. Yeah, fr- fresh start. It's promising. But, um, yeah, let's just break down sports that happened during the break or finals week. A lot of Oregon State sporting events happened during this entire time. One of those being, uh, unfortunately, men's soccer lost to Clemson in, in the Elite Eight and in their illustrious season. Historic season, nonetheless. Historic season, nonetheless. Yes. Yeah, it's on the cover of the barometer if you want to check that out. Yeah. But, um. Uh, yeah, Ben Paul wrote that. A lovely broadcaster. But, um, yeah, we have patience here. She, she's recording us right now. She, she gave a little woo. You'll probably hear from her a little bit later. But anyway, <laughs> um, so the Beavs were tied with the Tigers one-to-one. And, obviously, in, like, stuff like games like that, you have to go to overtime or penalty kicks. Yeah. Beavers well, lost th- four they, to three penalty kicks. Penalty kicks never yeah. served the Beavers really well this season. No. Or any organ. I don't like haven't. watching them after this. They put in all the work this season. They're so stressful. It goes into a tie game, and then what? You just get a you lose the game based off penalty kicks? I get yeah. it's the rules, but there's got to be a better way to end a college football game, especially one of this caliber. Soccer. Soccer. My bad. College <laughs> soccer game, especially well, one of this caliber. You're, technically, you're telling you, right? You're I'm right. being correct, guys. You're, you're football. Being, you're <laughs> football. <laughs> you're being correct. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, yeah, so pretty much... Penalty kicks, kicks Oregon State soccer doesn't not go well together. The uh, Timbers also fell to the New York City oh, FC and MLS Cup Cup but final. Don't too. tell me that game wasn't exciting. It was very it was exciting. exciting. It was yes. very talk, exciting. talk about waiting until the final buzzer. I've never seen a soccer match end within five seconds of the game. It was insane. Oh but my. so nonetheless, so Beavers ended overall record of fourteen two and four seven one and two in the Pac twelve. They also got their um, excuse me, uh, they got their first Pac twelve tournament. Past first Pac-12 championship in program history and the first Elite Eight appearance in program history as well. And one thing that's pretty cool to note is that there was a record crowd for the final home match this season with 1,415 fans in attendance. And mind you, Paul Lorenz Field is small, okay? Yeah. It's like, I I get claustrophobic being there and it's outdoors. So imagine like that packed arena. Oh my gosh, I can't. It must have been, you know, chaotic to be there. But yep. Beavers held the um, Clemson Tigers scoreless throughout most of the match to about the 84th minute. And they would have won at the end of overtime, but a waived goal, a goal was waived off in the overtime period, which forced the penalties. And obviously Clemson then converted the four of the three PKs, which got them the win. And they, they actually they advanced winning the first national title since 1987. Yeah, they have like three titles, but it was like their first in a like while. At first outright. Yeah. I, I guess I'm mm. not entirely sure. It's gotta be um, some pride. To, at least you lost to the national champions, right? Yeah, yeah there's some pride. Yeah, some pride. some pride. But also Clemson. F- funny thing, they also won over Notre Dame in penalties to advance to the title. Game. Oh, really? Yeah. N- 
on the opposite end of penalty kicks, Clemson was a team that was strongly favored penalty penalty kicks. Should they be a deciding factor in games? It's like, I know they're, you know, you got to, somebody's got to win, but should they be really the deciding factor in games? Well, I think it truly comes down to the goalie at that point. I mean, like, I, there's no point in the game where the goalie has that much constant stress on him unless there's That's so, unless the so ball gosh. is so close to the goal and there's just a scrum for the ball and everyone's kicking it. But, I mean, I was watching this. I saw this mostly in the Portland Timbers game when they were playing New York. Uh, New York's goalie was easily over six foot five, took up so much of the goal while the Timbers mm-hmm. goalie was a little bit smaller. And you just see, like, wow, if it's just coming down to I have a free look at the goal – and I can aim anywhere. Like there's just advantages versus disadvantages that we're not going to Beaver's way. That's just how it goes. Yeah, that is that is true. Uh, Adrian Fernandez and Sofian Jafai announced that they it's will Jafal. Jafal, sorry, <laughs> Jafal announced that they won't return next year. Thank you for an amazing season of soccer, and can't wait to see what you guys season do. In soccer. Really? Yeah, can't wait to see what you guys do next. Um, Godspeed, gentlemen. Godspeed. Same with Tsiki Natsabaleng. Can't wait to see him come back next season. Oh, yeah, he's coming back. Oh, that should oh, be good. Awesome. Also, shout out to Joel Walker, the captain. He got married over the break. Whoa. Yeah, Joel Walker, he got married. Congratulations, man. Shout out to Joel. Trying to shout be like out. you one day. Married? Yeah. Married or, or both <laughs> playing soccer? Or both? Both. Both would be, both <laughs> would be sick. We'll take both. <laughs> both All would right. be awesome. Hold on, we should ask Patience. Patience, what would you rather be? Would you rather be married or both playing soccer? I don't know how to play soccer, so I'll say married. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, let's talk about one of my favorite teams here on campus, men's basketball. Wait, are you... <laughs> favorite? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like you're on the wrong here versus me, man. <laughs> well, that might not be record-wise good this year, but men's basketball is, I think, right now on a run to get back on track. Let's go back in time when the one and eight Beavers lost to Arizona, ninety to sixty-five Ooh. in Gill Coliseum. Um, Arizona's ranked number eleven in the country, though. Yeah. You have to give them their credit. Oregon State at the time still was without Maurice Kalu. Uh, yeah, Maurice Kalu. Uh, Rodriguez Andela. Rodriguez Yeah, he had the broken foot. And then Cho Mario hasn't played since. Yeah, and well, Cho Mario hasn't played all season. Still yeah. looking to come. Back potentially this season from an academic issue, but from the break we were able to see Jared Lucas is starting to get into his swing of things. I mean, I've said this kind of throughout the whole year. He's a three-point shooter, and he's going to get his points when he's making the three-point shot. And yes. finally, it seems like his shot's starting to go down. I really wish I had this Nick Dashel tweet pulled up because um, he laid it out beautifully. It was just like Jared Lucas through the past five games, and it was showing he was shooting high 40% from threes, scoring about 16, 17 points per game. So, like, getting better? Getting better, yeah. Nice. Especially from the beginning of the season. It's someone you need from one of your leaders of the team. Um, but specifically to this game against Arizona, Jerry Lucas had 17 points, uh, making five threes in 35 minutes. Uh, Warith Alatiche also had 14 points in the game, and Dyshawn Davis added nine points, along with high-flying Ahmad Rand, Probably dunking in all eight of his points. <laughs> yeah, probably, definitely. But, um, yeah. but Arizona was just too much for them. They had four players that scored in double figures, led by Benedict Matherin's 29 points that oh, he's able to kind of score at ease versus the Beavers. 
Um, definitely got a note. You probably saw it on social media somewhere. A nice little Arizona behind the back to a dunk. Oh, yeah, I did see that. That, uh, was that nice. wasn't the best site, but no. still a pretty cool dunk. Speaking of social media, I saw from Carter Baines, uh, who follows me on Twitter now, uh, that there were U of A chants breaking out in Reezer uh, during that game. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> which was like, which my response to that was, oof. That just, I mean, like, what else do you, what, what else do you say? Yeah, well, yeah. How do you come back from that? Yeah. So, yeah. Then one and nine, uh, Beavs fall one and nine. So the worst start in Oregon State history for men's basketball. Yeah. Been tough. a bit of a frustrating season to watch so far because of all of the struggles that they've had. But you know, only way from here is up. Up, especially. I mean, um, I said earlier, Maurice Kalu was injured and wasn't playing in the game against Arizona. Now. I believe he's had two games back from his knee tendonitis issue. Um, that was just one that an injury that was suffered in practice, along with Rodrigo Della's foot injury that was suffered in practice. Um, but with Kalu coming back, it gives the offense a little bit of spark, spaces them out a little bit. All the pressure isn't just on Jared Lucas, and that could be why he's finally getting free from deep because he now got to pay attention to the six eight big man that can space the floor. Yep. In Kalu, but um, yeah, I. I it's kind of hard seeing them not be able to win right away, especially after Pac-12 championship last year. I think that's like that's like it's still it in the so, past now. Yeah, it was so disappointing because it was like you know you go to the Elite Eight and then you expect big things and you start off one and nine in the season and yeah, definitely not the start that people wanted, but it's the start that happened. It was the but the UC Davis loss that was that was one that the Beavers could have won along with the loss to A and M. Another game the Beavers could have won. And it's really not like, other than Arizona, they're not being blown out. They're, yeah, these are very close. Some of these games are very close. Some of them are just down to a couple possessions. But um, should we look more into that UC Davis game? What what was important about what, that one? What was important? That Let's check it well, out. Well, Ezra Mannion poured in a career-high 27 points uh, during that. Mannion knocked down 11 of 19 shots from the floor, including his only three-point try and four out of five foul shots for the Aggies. Caleb Fuller added 15 points as you see Davis shot 51% uh, from field. Jared Lucas led Oregon State uh, with 14, 14 points. points. Deshaun Davis had 13 and seven rebounds and six assists. Amon Rand had the first double-double of his career Wait, with no 12 man. and ten, 12 points and 10 rebounds. Xavier Malone-Key also played well off the bench, scoring nine points on four of six from the field. Rand had eight points to help the Beavers take a 30-28 to 28 lead at halftime. However, Ezra Minjin caught fire, scoring 17 points in, fire. in the second half. And the Aggies took the lead. Uh... Yeah. Adebayo's layup. Yeah. You think it's related mean, to Bam Adebayo? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, uh... I was not expecting that. <laughs> you like Bam Adebayo? You know, if he wasn't, that'd be, if he wasn't pretty cool. <laughs> Blazers need to trade for Bam Adebayo. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. I could have said Jinx. I knew you were going to say moving on. Jinx. Are we talking about, are we talking about um, Texas A&M now? Texas A&M, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one was, yeah, so, I mean, looked pretty promising. I mean, they lost by a score. Uh, what was the final score of that game? 83 to 73. 83 to 73, so it's not 
Yeah, 10 points. It's not Beavers only had bad. 220 people in attendance inside Guild Coliseum for that game. Now, I don't yeah. know if that's because that's of... That's not because it was a break. Break? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean, right? Like December, yeah, yeah Saturday, yeah. December 18th. Deceiving number. Yeah. 220, yeah, that's insane. But yeah, still, Jared Lucas, he had 25 points in the loss. But yeah, 220 people in Guild Coliseum, that's... I mean, it's over break. What'd you expect? Yeah. But however, so even though Beavers lost um, to Texas A&M by a score of 73 to 83, however, on December 21st, days before Christmas, Beavers got their second win of the season, defeating Nichols State by a score of 83 to 61. An early Christmas present, you could say. Mm-hmm. The Pac-12 best Christmas Network present. played the game probably like 10 times at least. Yeah. I've seen the Batchel Network keep continuously playing this game, but... It's a good game to watch for the Beavers. Yeah, it's not a 10-game losing streak. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Very fun. And then the Pac-12 play uh, it was their second Pac-12 game because they played Arizona. Yeah. Uh, this game against Utah, one where Oregon State was not particularly favored to beat Utah. Utah is a good team. But um, they were able to escape with a score of 88-76. to 76. One where it seemed like they were in control the whole game, being up 47 to 38 after the first half, and then allowing another 38 points in the second half while dropping just 41 points themselves. They were able to get that eight point lead for the win. Jared Lucas had 25 points of his own in 36 minutes of play. Only made two uh, threes on the game, but very efficient shooting. Yep. With seven field goals made. Orithal Tiche. See, I like seeing this. Jared Lucas and Al Tiche leading the team in scoring. Al Tiche had 16 points off of eight field goals made, so he was very efficient, just sticking to the twos. Um, and with the exception of just 11 seconds early in the game, Oregon State led the entire way, like I said. Yep. So, now the Beavers are 3-10, and 1-2 and two in the Pac-12, which is really the record that matters. Um, yeah. They're really going to start... Being able to add to that record, maybe get back in the winning column, just in the Pac-12 at least, to get a little more recognition. Then but, again, we don't, we won't know if they go into the winning column because of the cancellations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, COVID, Oregon, yeah. <laughs> speaking of COVID, Oregon State only had nine players available in this game versus Utah. Six of them were sidelined due to COVID nineteen protocols. Thanks injuries, a lot, Uncle COVID. Reasons. Yeah, but a lot of games have been. Um, Even, delayed, yeah, the canceled. The state game got delayed. Oh, got canceled again. Forty-five minutes before tip-off. Yeah, because of Uncle COVID. Yep. Which is interesting. So this interests me because obviously the Beavers are scheduled to play the Ducks this Saturday, January eighth, seven thirty p.m. tip-off. However, Oregon State had to postpone their game because of COVID nineteen protocols, and so did the, the, the Ducks. Yes. So I'm scared because I know Ryan and I you were supposed to call that game, mm-hmm. but is it even going to happen? That's a very good question. Yeah, we don't. We honestly, we, we don't, don't know. know. We don't That's know. That's the scary part. We don't know. Yeah, like I'm hoping for the best because I, I want to call that game so same. bad. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like if it doesn't happen, we can't be surprised it doesn't happen. So exactly, I'm worried about that mostly just because I know we have a writer going, we got a photographer going, but still, it's just it like I haven't even I haven't even emailed Sean asking for press passes yet. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm, I'm still too nervous. I'm gonna jinx it. it, it that, well, and rightfully so. It's like we don't know. Um, Carter Baines said just to keep an eye out on it, see if the game does get played or not. Mm-hmm. Just because they or U of O had to postpone their game against Colorado, and then we had to do that for Sacramento State. Um, do we have to do that for Sacramento State twice now? Three twice. Times. Well, <laughs> Three twice because of COVID. Three times. 
Wow. Once because of weather. Yeah. Yeah. But so, still, that's got to be annoying. Yeah. Yeah. It's just how the season's going to go, though. Really nothing. Nothing you can control. do, honestly. It's just yeah. it's out of, out of your control. I know. Thanks mm. a lot, Uncle COVID. Nick Dashiell was a little upset from it. <laughs> yeah, Nick Dashiell, yeah. Yeah, Nick, Nick Dashiell and Carter Baines should have had a dunk off, man. I know. That should have happened. I, I wanted to Give see a dunk contest. what they want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, likewise, Oregon State women's basketball team spent some time in uh, beautiful Hawaii, actually, over break. Ooh. Uh, for the Maui Classic, they split on this road trip. One, one win, one loss. Against Villanova and Vonmouth, no, Monmouth Mon- University. Mon- that was their road trip. They played couple. They played Northern Iowa and uh, yeah, they played Idaho. Northern Iowa and Idaho in Hawaii. Yeah. So they had. Um, so they won obviously over before the break um, for against Pacific. Uh, which was the um, what Beavers in the Classroom game or yeah, so yeah. it was like the Beavers back in the classroom. Yeah, so they won over that uh, very close margin. I will say it was yeah, that was finals margin. week too. So that was finals week. So we weren't able to really kind of cover that. We kind of, you know, sort of alluded alluded to that a little bit. Um, also, I want to say before we get into more of the games here, shout out Greta Camp Schroeder for already starting in the lineup. For the bees as a freshman, that's impressive. That is impressive, yeah. So the win over Monmouth uh, University, that was their first road game. Beavers won that game, seventy-two to fifty-eight. Um, Ellie Mack returned the starting lineup for that game. Kennedy Brown did not dress. I'm not entirely sure that, why. That's interesting. Uh, maybe maybe it's just she's still coming off an injury, so it's like it's just. Not trying to like throw it to the wolves right away, probably just like take it back nice and slow because like that's a lot of like when you tear an ACL, you you're back on the like the court for first time in a while. It's it's gonna feel different. It's gonna feel weird. So definitely, it's just like I guess taking things slow. For probably sure. some load management. Yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking it is. So Talia von Olhoffen led the Beavers with 19 points, seven rebounds, and five assists. Uh, Taylor Jones finished with 12 points, 7 rebounds, and a pair of blocks, while Yelena Mitrovic recorded 9 points and 10 rebounds. Ellie Mack and Greta Camp Schroeder tallied 8 points apiece. As a team, the Beavers shot 42.9% in the contest compared to 32.9% to Monmouth. Uh, the Beavers held a 34-20 advantage on points in the paint. Defense was um, great in this game, clamped down early, as the Beavers ended the first quarter in front 18 to 11, just an overall solid game from them on their first road trip of the season. Not much really there to, you know, to really go on there. Uh, the next game that they played was against Villanova. Um, they fell in a, in, a, in a close game, fell to Villanova 56 to 52. Um, Scott Ruick, we are a pro Scott Ruick, pro Scott Ruick podcast. <laughs> podcast. Uh, Scott Ruick said after the game, Villanova played a great game. We didn't shoot the ball well today. Hopefully, we will learn from this performance and it will lead to success. Not having Taylor Jones today was difficult, but we needed to rise to it. And we had a couple of people off their game today. It was a tough lesson this afternoon, but hopefully, it will lead to good things moving forward. As Scott alluded to. Uh, Taylor Jones did not dress for the game. I'm not entirely sure why. 
I don't I don't know if it was resting or Probably if it was resting. a minor injury. I think it was resting. I feel like if I it was know. an injury of any sort, he would announce it. Yeah. I don't think she was resting. That might be that might be it. Yelena had her first career double double, going for 14 points and 13 rebounds and three blocks. Taya Corsdale had her first double double of the season as she finished with 10 points and 11 rebounds. Ellie Mack came up with 11 points in her return to her home state of Pennsylvania. Kennedy Brown had six points and 12 rebounds as she returned to the lineup after missing the previous game. Actually, Taylor Jones was unavailable due to injury. It says here in the recap here, Andres, hmm? that Taylor Jones is not available for injury. Wildcats, oh, injury? Okay. Yeah. The Wildcats jumped out to an early lead, going ahead 10-5 to at the game's first media break. Beavers ended the opening period, trailing by two. 12 to 10 Oregon state jumped in front of the second quarter and it, it, it was, it was a tough game all the way through um, as Villanova started the second half strong and were able to close out. And then they headed to the Maui gym classic. Hold on, Ryan, before you get down to that, um, I figured since patience is here, why don't we just, why don't we just like have her like read one of the slides for a little bit? Just she, she can read. Think about it. She could read one of these little things for us. You think that's a good idea? Yeah, sure. If you want to give her the pass of vandals and Maui one. Come here, come here, patience. Come here, patience. Come here, patience. Okay, so this is we're going to keep this keep this rolling. So patience. Right. So right. can you read this line right here? I'm so blind, I need to think right now. <laughs> Beat Idaho by 30. <laughs> <laughs> So the Beavers defeated Idaho by 30 points. Yeah. Women's basketball. Is that w- what we're women's talking basketball. About? Yep. So okay. now what are some key things that you saw in this game? Looking at what? Where? Looking. <laughs> you can look at all the numbers here. Number, so numbers. This, there's numbers. So one thing. One thing. Okay. So. so looking at this, it looks like overall we're doing better than they are. <laughs> That's is that a, correct? That, okay. is, that is correct. That is correct. That's okay. A, <laughs> you, you, also, you could also point out that uh, Idaho only scored three points in the first quarter. Yeah. But Oregon State at 15. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that good? That's that, good. That, that, that is good because, because good. Oregon State's on top. Yeah. However, one thing to note is that Oregon State kind of popped off in the third quarter because they had 32 points. But then they got 15. They so. got 15, which is still less than half of what we got. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. Yeah. Patience, we were on a question. How much do you know about sports? Not very much. <laughs> this is why we have you on the podcast. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you were talking about something like double doubles or something else with like n- numbers, and I was like, I was sitting here and I was like, this is going way over my head. I don't know anything about basketball. I'm here to learn. That's why I'm here. There. It's been good being friends with Andres because now I feel like I know a little bit more about sports. There you go. See? Slightly. That is what I'm here for. I still don't know anything about football either, and I got that totally wrong. But <laughs> it's a learning process. But- Anyway, like Patient said, uh, um, the Beavers did defeat Idaho by 30 points. Uh, Greta Camp showed her she led um, the scores with 16 points, which is a career high for her as well. And the Oregon State offense in general shot over 50% from three. Tay Adams drained a half-court shot in the first quarter, which is pretty cool to look at again. Oh, and yeah. she's looking like the all-time three-point Chef Curry with that shot. Yeah, man. <laughs> that, was, that was from deep. That was pretty. That was, I was like, I, I was watching that. That highlight over and over and over again, dude. That was that was that was amazing. It's amazing. So patience. I'm gonna ask you one more time. Um, <laughs> now, now, obviously, 
in the basketball tournament, you play two games. So Oregon State played Idaho, right? Then they went on to play University of Northern Iowa. And um, patience, I'm going to ask you, look at the stat sheet one more time. What are some key things that you see from this game? I don't know what any of these things stand for. Okay, so FG stands for field goals. Okay. Three FG stands for three-point field goals. FT's free throws. RB's rebounds. TO's is turnovers. STL is steals. Now, what are some things you notice? Okay, but why are these top numbers like per, like with decimal points? It's percentage. Why aren't they, they, okay. <laughs> um, that we had more rebounds than them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Oregon State did have more rebounds. So Oregon State had forty-two rebounds compared to UNI's thirty-three. Also, I'm gonna I'm gonna take over Patience' job real quick. Oregon State had fourteen turnovers compared to UNI's seven. While you and I also had eight steals, Oregon State had none. So obviously defensively, it didn't really gel well together, but Oregon State did manage to get the win 70 to 59. Completed the Maui sweep, you could say. Sweep. Swept them like the rug. Um, so I I went and watched basketball when I was in high school, but I didn't actually watch the game. I was only there because I was performing at halftime and I had to be. Um <laughs> what's what does it mean with they have rebounds? Ben, you want to explain a rebound? <laughs> okay. Patience. Yeah. <laughs> a shot goes up. <laughs> so you don't make the shot. Okay. It's going to be up in the air. It's going to bounce off something. It's going to be a boom. I jump up. I grab the ball. It's a rebound for me. Because he be, comes down with it. I could be on offense or I could be on defense. Yes. Okay. It's on offense. I'm trying to get it out or put it back up. I'm on defense, I'm... Getting it, I'm putting my elbows up, I'm swinging them things, and I'm not letting anyone get that ball. And that's a defensive rebound. That is a rebound, yeah. You get 10 of those, and you get 10 points, you got yourself a double-double. Because it's double digits. Because it's 1-0, it's two digits, so it's a double-double. And there's, there's, those are called a triple-double, too. What, what's a triple-double? So, <laughs> I don't know, the 10 or something. Exactly. Like, if you have like 10 blocks, okay. 10 rebounds, and 10 points, that triple double. Right. I feel like we should have like another podcast where it's like we break down sports to patients. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So Wait, uh, what? What you were saying something about getting getting points for doing that? If you don't just get points by putting it in the basket, you get you get points by that. That's how you get points in basketball. You put the ball in the basket. Yeah. That's that's the only way you get points. The ball has to go in the basket. You know the little swish sound. Yeah, but he was just saying something about getting ten points. No, no, no. If you no. have 10 points and then 10, on top of that, 10 rebounds, and on top of that, 10 steals, that's a triple double. Oh, okay. We're back. <laughs> okay. Continue. Continue. <laughs> Continue. Continue. I want to move on from the basketball realm and I want to go into bowl game. Oh, bowl game. I want to talk about the, the Jimmy Kimmel LA bowl game. We're lucky enough to be able to send a crew down there. Woo! To the game inside SoFi Stadium. Andres was broadcasting the game. Um, we also sent Ben Paul down there. He broadcasted the game as well. Georgina Pez. Pez, yeah. Uh, she was the writer for the game. We had Lily Middleton taking amazing photos amazing for the shots. game. Uh, even Ryan Harlan, our guest right here, our co-host. I was about so, to say, what what you talking about? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, wrote a great band story. I know. Yes. I, mean, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about the game. It's been a really long time at this point. I'm sure people have read stories about it if they didn't watch it. I think mm -hmm. what would be way more interesting is to hear about, Ryan, for your instance, how would you have to go about 
interviewing and finding stories from yeah, the right. band and Andres. I want to hear just more about what it was like inside the studio at SoFi Stadium. Oh, for sure. Um, Let's start with Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, you go first, man. So I was here in Corvallis uh, during during the bowl game. But before that, I saw a message from Andres uh, the next morning when I woke up. And it was about getting the story out to write about, you know, the OSU's uh, marching band, their travels down to L.A. And I, I felt, you know, I felt bad because I was like, oh, shoot, I should have, you know, I should have seen this earlier, that sort of thing. And I, t- and I told them, and I was like, if nobody's taking it, I'll take it. Right. And soon enough, Andres texts me back and he's like, basically tells me the story's yours, sends me uh ollie's number shout out ollie shout out uh and i start just you know calling texting people just going 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 and i know a couple other people in the band as well and they helped me out finding sources so i wanted to say you know shout out to ollie elena will jameson page and brianna for helping me out with this story and getting me quotes i had six people <laughs> give me quotes that was insane <laughs> so it was i was like last minute trying to sort through everything just making sure i told this right and just the story right at least but it was chaotic so as they were leaving around 6 30 about 7 30 here uh in the morning just an hour outside of Corvallis. Um, the bus breaks down. Bus two for them breaks down. And, and they're they, supposed to be in Sacramento by the end of the first day. By the end of the first day, correct. So it it took about an hour to get a replacement bus. They were, you know, stranded in Coburg for about an hour, but we got back on the road, you know, going, you know, going down the line to to LA. And then they then the weather happens they get stuck in medford grants pass area because of snow blocking the road and they spent over four hours if i remember correctly stuck in medford stuck in the mall walking around as jameson so eloquently put it it felt like purgatory (laughs) (laughs) so that um that yeah, it, so they basically were behind, and they ended up spending the night there. So as I was actually as I was writing this story, they were booking it to LA. They were on the they bus. Were, like, they <laughs> were, yeah, they were on the bus. They, they were, were like, on the bus. So I basically, as I was asking these questions, like as I was you know going through it, I was like, "Do you want me to call or text you these questions? Whichever is easiest." And they were like, "Text is easiest." I'm like. Okay, boom. I sent it off to each one of them, and I just had, like, message after message after answers. (laughs) Just going, going, and going, and I'm, you know, glad to get that out. And I started it out with taking some liberties from a a National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation quote. Not the full quote. There's some not so you know friendly language for radio. Yeah, don't say here. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it, but I took the part of you know it's it's a quest. It, it, you know, it's no longer a vacation. It was a quest. You know, a quest to make it down there, so on and so forth. You know that sort of thing. Because it really was a quest to make it on it time. It was a journey. <laughs> yeah, to make it down there on time. 
to you know support the football team down there in LA. But I think it was cool you wrote that story, Ryan, because mm-hmm. the marching band loves own men sports. <laughs> I mean, think about it. We like they know who we are because we wrote that marching band story for them yeah. uh, back in October. So obviously they know who we are. Ryan wrote a story about me about their journey, and then when we get to the bowl game, um, I took a video of them. And they reposted on their Instagram. So they know who we are. They're, they're, we're, we're honorary marching band members, that you could say. That's awesome. <laughs> we're pretty cool. Well, no, I, I think that was really cool. You are able to talk to them, Ryan. Um, I love the story. And, I mean, it's something that no media was picking up. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so Because no one knew about it, really. Yeah. No. Nope. kind of cool and then, like, one of the first stories. After, after they got there, then I started seeing, you know, media people start tweeting about it. I'm yeah. like, hey. Psych. I covered this first, <laughs> you know. Give first. me, give me my my respect here. Shout out to all of our media through that whole weekend. Oh my goodness! Week yeah. leading up, um, that was pretty fun. I was able to man the Twitter day of the game. <laughs> the Twitter, <laughs> man the Twitter. Um, you did a good, you did a good job with that. Man. I didn't even know job. our Twitter account's been gaining followers pretty good. So That's if you haven't, you, if you you haven't followed it yet, uh, follow OMN Sports at OMN Sports on Twitter. There's a ton of great stuff about Oregon State news, even just other sports news around the country, but mostly Oregon State. That's uh, a great way to find your stories from the Daily Barometer as well. Yep. Uh, direct links to lead you straight to the story, so that's good as well. Good stuff. Andres, how about you? You were you were um, broadcasting the game. Yeah. You were inside SoFi Stadium, one of the nice booths. You and Ben, bring me through it. Oh, well, first things first, when I got to SoFi, it was very intimidating. Because, obviously, like, broadcasting an OSU football game is different. Because it's like, oh, this is, like, second nature. I'm down the street. I know what to do here. I'm in my element. SoFi was different. I had to completely adjust to a whole bunch of different things. And it was just, like, the atmosphere was so surreal because it was, like, like it was, like, like total, we're not in Kansas anymore. It was just, Ben, we're not in Corvallis anymore. It was just such a different atmosphere. And just, like, the press box, like, I thought the press box for Reese was nice. No. The press box for SoFi Stadium was beautiful. It was like this white marble, these like clean tables. The food we had was pretty cool, but it was just, it was so surreal. And like broadcasting was weird because we couldn't really use our equipment. We had to use a USB Yeti mic, but still, I think we did a pretty good job. And um, yeah, it was just so surreal. Like I still have my press pass from the, from the game because it was just so surreal. But um, yeah, speaking of broadcasting, your broadcast was better than ABC's. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's, that's it what was. It was. I, I, I heard some of the ABC broadcasts, and I was like, you know what? I'm not listening to this anymore. Uh, because they kept going head over heels for Utah State's backup quarterback. Cooper, Cooper Laga. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, before the game, Trent Bray is now officially the defensive coordinator. Shout out, Trent Bray. Shout out. Shout out. Congrats, by the way, too. Well deserved. Um, and I think part of it was more of a recruiting thing as well to have some coaching stability as well but still nonetheless um congrats osu versus utah state all-time matchup is now three and one it was three and oh it was three and oh with the last meeting back in 1998 hold on hold on ben i completely forgot you you asked ryan about his bowl experience you asked me about the bowl experience but patience patience is here with us patience did you watch the bowl game uh yeah, I was I actually did catch like the first like at least half of it because I was working that day and they were playing it when I was working. So what were your thoughts on the game itself? Um, the bits and pieces that I saw, I saw that we were doing better in the beginning, <laughs> and then we weren't doing as good when I 
was last watching. I also forgot to ask, did you read Ryan's story? No. Oh. I need to. I'm get, sorry. No, you're you're. No, no. But I did. I did get in my car after I was off work, and I turned on my car, and the first thing I heard was you talking because my radio was set to, to KBVR. Oh, look I at that. Listen to your broadcast. There we go. Morning. Boom. There we go. All right, but um. Yeah. Yeah, but you said it too. Uh, you said it too. Um, Oregon State was currently three and zero versus Utah State. Um, sorry, I'm getting distracted. There's like right in front of the studio right now. There's someone just playing with the camera, so I'm looking at him right now. Anyway, uh, so yeah, frustrating end to the season. But we're not. Let's not dive too much into it because I feel like people know about it already. Yeah. But um, in short, Oregon State lost. Um, I can't remember the score, but um, still a pretty promising season. You know, seven and six, undefeated at home. Um. They're, Score was twenty-four to thirteen. Brian, you put this there. Owen three against teams with Aggie theme mascots this week, or at least when I wrote it. Yeah, UC Davis, Utah State. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a sign. It's a I sign. Just, I just got that. It's a sign. Yeah, but still, they made their first bowl appearance for the first time since twenty thirteen, which that says a lot about the program because, especially like, what was it before our freshman year? They were what two and ten. Yeah, they were the worst team in the Pac-12, and I've said this before on the podcast. I never thought coming to Oregon State, um, I never thought like we'd have a super good football team. I just didn't know that was in the, was in the uh, possibilities of things to happen. But now, luckily as a junior, I get to come back next year and still get some free student tickets to watch the best <laughs> football team in the country. That's but, right. Um, Speaking of next year, they're they're not blowing up. They're imploding Reese's Stadium. They are imploding Reese's on Stadium Friday. this West Friday. Side. 7 a.m. Yeah, that'll be yeah. pretty cool. I mean, I was talking to our boss earlier th- this morning, Jen, and we were thinking about cool story ideas. And uh, I came up with the idea that sometimes well, you think of blowing up a team when you're not you're not the team's not doing well. You blow it all up and you trade your best player and you you get new coaches and you do all this stuff. But Oregon State's doing the opposite. They're just they're just blowing up the stadium because they want to make a bigger one. Exactly. Yeah. Like, We're only getting better from here. Exactly. Like why not have a nicer stadium? Why not? Boom! New defensive coordinator. Let's give our head coach a new deal. Let's bring back some nice players. Let's actually be a school transfers want to go to, and they're getting transfers from like. Actual like top talent schools. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. crazy. I love it. Um, Jimmy Camel was terrifying. I want to say Jimmy Camel. Yeah, yeah, Camel. horrifying. Camel. Yeah, he was he was terrifying. Benny Benny was the best one by far. Um, speaking of just like yeah, Camel was at the game. That was maybe the worst mascot of all time. <laughs> yeah. I want to give a shout out to former Oregon State legend running back Jaquiz Rogers. Not just a jersey swap with a fan, but a jersey swap with my friend. Andrew Ramey, he was finally finally able to meet Jaquiz. And he got a jersey. And he got a jersey, yeah. Um, that was really cool. Another one of my friends also got pictures with him. He just seemed to be all around the stadium, going around, meeting people. I think it was pretty cool. Here's That's awesome. Jaquiz that and my is friends awesome, there. Man. Those are pictures there. And there's Jaquiz and another one of my friends. That's so cool. He's just meeting everyone. Um, super nice guy. Loves the beeves. I mean, he, he embodies everything that a beaver should. Industrious, hardworking, made a little career for himself in, I think he was in Atlanta in the NFL, he, I want to say. I think so. I'm not too sure. I, I have to double remember. check on that. I'm pretty sure he was in Atlanta for a little bit. But awesome for 
I wasn't there, unfortunately, but awesome that people can meet him there. You know what else is awesome, Ben? What? Literally, the week of the bowl, um, OSU dropped their 2022 football schedule. So I figured we can go over that, too, a little bit. Boise so, State to open it up. Exactly. So September 3rd um, starts at home versus Boise State. Then September 10, you go to Fresno for at Fresno State. I might go, I might go to that game, actually, because it's Fresno. Mm-hmm. Then September 17, it's versus Montana State. However, this game is going to be at Portland. That's More right. specifically, it'll be at Providence Park in Portland. What? It's going to be the first mm-hmm. ever meeting between these two programs. Yeah, that's what I said. Providence I haven't Park. Been to, so Providence Park hosted the football state championships for a couple of years for like high school. Oh, interesting. Um, when I was there, then they moved it to a different like Hillsborough Stadium. But I got to say, going to soccer games inside Providence Park is fun, but football game was also cool too. Oh, interesting. So you fill out those stadiums with a bunch of Oregon State fans. I think Portland's going to get rowdy that Whew. night. Then September 24 versus USC at USC. We'll see Ooh, how USC Link- here. USC here. Yeah, yeah. USC here. We'll see how Lincoln Riley and not Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. Um, his Maybe Caleb Williams. Maybe question mark. Then October 1st, we visit the reigning Pac-12 champions at Utah. Then September 8th, we travel to Stanford at Stanford. Then October 15th, October 22nd at versus Washington State versus Colorado. 29th, we have the week off. By week Halloween week, good by week off. November 5th is going to be at Washington. November 12th versus California. November 19th at Arizona State. Actually playing at Arizona State for the first time in about three years. Mm-hmm. And then finally, November 25th, the rivalry series here in Corvallis that Friday after Thanksgiving. Last yeah. time that happened, the Beavers escaped with a win thanks to our now starting quarterback, Chance Nolan's one-yard touchdown run. Um, not even a run, more like a little just fall forward. Exactly, yeah. Um, this schedule, no bye week until week nine. So eight straight weeks of football, of football. for the Beavers. It's a rough schedule. I don't know schedule. how to feel about that. I was going to say it's a rough schedule besides Colorado and Montana State. Hopefully. You, know Actually, who, you know who we should ask about that? About that eight straight weeks of football? What? Patience. What? I was about to say, actually, <laughs> Ben, uh, in Montana State is p- could potentially, potentially, they might be FCS champions. So it's, yeah, they could it's be. not... It's not a cakewalk. That's no, not no, going to no. be a cakewalk. I'm saying Colorado's an easy win, even though we've Colorado's an easy win. Exactly. Montana State. But, but gentlemen, no. gentlemen, patience, patience, patience. What are your thoughts on playing football for eight weeks straight, not getting a break? What are your What are your thoughts on that? How do you think the Beavers will be? Um, How long do they usually go without a break? It depends. How but, long was it this year? I can't tell you. I don't remember that off the top of my head. But still, you would think eight straight weeks of football would be tiring, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's a good answer. We'll leave it there. <laughs> but um, so nonetheless, yeah. So overall, I think just gonna be really interesting for uh, this next season. Even though it's gonna be weird because research will be like imploded, so one side won't be there. Student section will. Student section will be there. Yeah. The, the press box is gone. Which is yeah. which? We'll, we will cross that road. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> so I want to see how broadcasting is gonna work for next year. Yeah. But um, still, some exciting stuff coming for the Beavers next year. I'm just I'm excited to see. Uh, it's winter term now. Gymnastics is one of the big sports going on. Um, men's basketball, women's basketball still happening. Wrestling. You don't forget wrestling. 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 Happening in full swing. Oh, before, before wrestling, I want to give a shout out to Brandon Kaler. He defeated the number five ranked wrestler in the country at 125. I was seeing stuff on Twitter well, tell me if I'm wrong, but one of the Oregon State wrestlers was winning like award after award. Or uh, that's Devin Turner. He's the uh, 
He's the reigning Pac-12 champion. He's a Pac-12 wrestler of the week, and he's pretty good at what he does. So shout out Devin Turner too. Actually, uh, he released a shirt. Like, like he released a shirt with his face on it, and I bought it. Nice. Showing my support for him. I bought Jaden Grant's shirt yeah, too. Yeah, Jaden Grant has a shirt like that. I was gonna say Peyton Pritchard even promoted it for him. Bought that shirt too. But looks uh, good in orange and black. He I'm does. Not gonna lie. He does. He does. <laughs> but um, um, yeah. So. What uh? I mean. I think we basically covered everything. We did cover everything. We, did, we covered everything. <laughs> Obviously, signing one. day happened. Um, we actually have the the top fifty recruit class in the nation. Nice. Yeah, for football, that was really cool. First nice since twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Beavers on the up and up. You have one yeah, good season, new stadium. Yeah. Things are only gonna get better from here on out. Exactly. One could hope. But um, to end, how about we talk about our favorite favorite football moment? Yeah. Okay. Mine is. Sorry. I'm gonna go first. The blocked punt versus Utah. That is like will forever be my favorite moment because it was just it's too easy. It's got to be this season favorite football moment. This season, yeah, this season. Um, Ryan, you go. I need to think. <laughs> All right, yeah, fair enough. Uh, mine's got to be the Stanford game where we finally became bowl eligible for the first okay, time yeah. in eight years. I was I was so happy. I was grinning under that under my mask, just like I was just like I couldn't stop smiling. I don't I blame couldn't. you, dude. And I wish I it, was, it was uh, it, it was it was amazing just watching that and just seeing the seeing the coaches too so excited. Patience, what was your favorite football moment last year? Um, I couldn't tell you anything that was happening in the field. I'd say attending all of the home games. The best home game was the first one where the student section was sold out and it was like eighty degrees that day and it was just wild. Oh, uh, versus Hawaii. Versus Hawaii. No, Washington. State. Oh, Washington. Or, yeah, Washington. Washington. Yeah. All right, Ben, you got some time to think now. What well, what was your favorite football moment last mm. year, this year or this season? Um, tossing between two of them right now. Okay. Uh, I want to go with the latter option, but first, Ooh. uh, probably at least I was watching that USC game, but it was I was sitting on a couch watching it, but I was so happy to see the Beavers win, put up forty five points or right. whatever they did in Los Angeles. I was like. I was, that was one of the most shocking parts of the season, but I'd say my favorite part of this season was game-winning field goal versus Washington oh. storming the field. Oh, yeah. So cool. Um, that was just a really good night in general after the game, Just, but that was really, really cool. Beating Washington, having them be one of the powerhouses in football years back, and again, every game winner is cool. Every game winner is cool, yeah. But that's my favorite. For sure. All right. Well, All right. got everything covered? I think so. Yeah. More news will be coming out oh, later oh, as it occurs. Don't, don't, Next week, we have a guest, actually. We have a guest. Next Our week, first guest. Already confirmed? Yeah, Josh yes. Green, the punter, the backup punter for Oregon State, will be coming right. on the podcast. So we're excited to have him. I actually called him today and confirmed it. He's coming on. We're excited to have him, Josh. We are a pro Josh Green podcast. So oh, that's right. Love that man so much. But so uh, how, yeah. how is this going to work? You know, is it going to be our similar setup? We'll cross our bridge when we get we, there. We'll cross <laughs> our bridge when we get there. Just want to let you listeners know, we will, might be slightly different. Might be. But well, before we go, Patience, how did you enjoy you being uh, on our guest on the podcast? It was so great. I feel like I learned so much about sports sitting here. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Thank you for tuning in once again. It's great to be back another term here to record those damn sports. Um, always appreciate you guys listening in. Look out for all of our other stuff on Twitter, Instagram. All those accounts are at OMN Sports as well. Listen to the broadcast at KBVRFM 88.7. I think I got all my plugs out the way. <laughs> Have a great rest of your night, guys. And 
You'll hear from us next time, next See week. You. See ya.